Welcome to Nosebleed Sports, where we like to hear ourselves talk. In this case, myself. I'm your host, Clay Rop. It's a cold day here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Been reminiscing on that warm weather. I wish that we still had here. Uh, the nice beach weather. But other than that, let's have some fun and talk about some sports. Um, we're going to get right into it. So, let's talk about the playoff scene right now in the NFL. We're going to start with the AFC side. Uh, Chiefs are the number one seed. You got Patriots, the two seed. And then you, the wild card standings as of right now is the Texans at the three seed, taking on the six seed Ravens. Uh, and then you got the Chargers, the fourth seed, taking on the fifth seed Steelers. Um, I still think the Chiefs, obviously, are going to win this side. I think we're going to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots made it in. Um, but that AFC side, I still think, is open, um, you know, due to the records of the two teams, of, you know, you know, the Ravens. They're seven and six um, on that AFC side. You know, you got the Ravens that are seven and six. You've got, you know, you've got uh, the Colts who are seven and six. You've got also you've got uh, the Dolphins who are seven and six and pulled that wonderful miracle uh, last week. So. I think someone could end up taking maybe the Steelers spot. And then, of course, the, the it's still open to the the Ravens if, you know, with the 7-6. and six, You know, and then another thing is the Titans. So you've got three teams who are 7-6. you got the Ravens, Titans, Dolphins. And I feel like I'm missing another one. Uh, and then the Colts. So that's four teams. I'm sorry, four teams. So, you know, that's crazy. And then another thing is, you know, I read a crazy stat on Twitter. I wish I could read the whole thing. But the Browns, who are 5-7 and seven with one tie, could still make the playoffs right now, you know, if they went out. I just think that's, you know, that's, that's mind-blowing. Um, so... That's that's interesting. Um, so that's and there's some big games too. You know, you got the Chiefs and the Chargers on that side playing this week. You know, uh, of course the Texans are playing the Jets. Not too worried about that. Browns and the Broncos, I still think is a big game. The Broncos are no slouch. Yeah, they're six and seven. Um, you know, and you know Denver's. So that's an interesting one, you know. I, another big game: Colts and the Dallas. And that right now, Indianapolis is favored in that game. So that's a bit. That's two big games right there. Uh, and then of course the Chiefs and the Chargers, which the Chiefs are favored in that game. Um, which I'm going to talk more about that Chiefs and Chargers game here in a minute. Then you got the rivalry, which that it's not a it's a big game, but it's a it's not really a big game. The Bears and the Packers, but that's the NFC side. But back to the AFC, let me talk about the AFC side a little bit more. You, 
Well, we're talking about both. Uh, Dolphins and Vikings are playing. Um, you know, the Vikings are favored in that game, but the Dolphins could use the win. Uh, Titans and Giants. And the Giants are favored in that game. Uh, you know, and then the Ravens are playing the Bucks. And the Bucks just came off a big win. I still think the Ravens will take it. Um, and we'll talk more about that game a little bit. Uh, more about the Ravens. And then, of course, you got the big game, the Patriots and the Steelers. Uh, the Patriots are favored in this game. Um, I would say so because right now the Patriots just lost a big game um, to the Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins are uh, a good team when Ryan, you know, and Ryan Tannehill definitely showed some poise uh, and some toughness. I mean, the guy threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Patriots. So, um, and then you got the Rams and Eagles, and then you got the Saints and Panthers. Um, big game for the, uh, for the Eagles, obviously not too much for the Rams. Uh, big game for the Saints. Uh, my Panthers, I don't, like I said, I don't think the Panthers could find a wind if it was right in front of their face. So, uh. But back to this, uh, the AFC side for a little bit. I want to get get back on that. I was just naming off those games for this week. But there's a bunch of big games this week. Um, but the AFC side, I, uh, the Steelers and the Ravens, I think, are on high alert on that side. That you know, you don't know if if you know these seven and six teams, like or the Browns. You know, you don't know what can happen. But you know. Especially with the Steelers being seven and five, and then the Ravens being seven and six, but you've got the Colts on that side who are seven and six. You know they could end up sneaking in there somehow. You got the Dolphins seven and six; they could end up sneaking in there somehow. The Titans they could end up sneaking in there somehow. So the Steelers definitely need to win this week. Um, I mean every team on that AFC side that are in the hunt that are seven and six that I named off, which is the the Dolphins, Titans, Ravens. Of course, I'm going to say they're not. Even though they're not seven and six, but the Steelers who are seven and five with one tie, they need to beat the Patriots. You know, and the Colts. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting football weekend. But let's go in the now. Let's go in the NFC side. You got the Saints at the one seed, Rams at the two seed, Bears at the three seed. Uh, taking on the three, as of right now, the Bears are the three seed, taking on the Vikings at the six seed. You got the Cowboys taking on, uh, the Seahawks, which is Cowboys the fourth seed, Seahawks the fifth. Now, Cowboys got the big game against the Colts. Uh, the Seahawks got a big game. I mean, I don't think that actually the Seahawks don't have a big game. The Seahawks are playing, um, Seahawks are playing the 49ers, so I I predict them to win that. Uh, the Cowboys have a tough game against the Colts. Um, I don't think the Vikings are safe at 6-6 six and six with one tie. Um, and they've got a big game against the Dolphins, even though they're favored. But you've got a couple teams that are still in the hunt on that side, too, who are 6-7. You know, you've got the Redskins. You've got my Panthers, which, like I said, I don't know if 
if a win hit them in the face, they know know it. I mean, I just don't think it, it's going to happen. But uh, and especially this Monday night when they're playing the Saints, um, you know. And then you got you got the Eagles who are six and seven. So and even the Eagles could come out, you know. But. You know, think about it this way for the Eagles. Carson Wentz might not play this weekend. Carson Wentz might not play this weekend. Let that sink in for a second. That means what if Nick Foles, because Nick Foles will be starting. What if Nick Foles goes out there and balls out against the Rams and they beat the Rams? They go, they're 7-7. Seven and then they went out nine and seven, and then make the playoffs. I mean, are we going to see another, you know, Eagles run? I don't know about that. But if he balls out against the Rams, we could be talking about that. I mean, my gosh, it's just interesting because you know Carson Wentz is injured, and now Nick Foles is in there. I think that's an interesting. Uh, I think that's an interesting concept. Um, so let's go back to the AFC side real quick, though. Since I think the biggest game of the week is on the AFC side, or basically in this whole thing, all this week, between AFC and NFC, um, I think the biggest game out of the whole NFL is obviously the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, there's a Bunch of injuries though on both teams, um, so it's going to be interesting. You know the Chiefs are eleven and two. They lead the NFL in scoring with more than thirty six points per game. Um, they will be without wide receiver Sammy Watkins, who has a foot injury, starting running back Spencer Ware shoulder hamstring, and left guard Cam Irving, who also might not play. Ware and Irving did not work out on Tuesday. Um, at the practice. And then they have a listed doubtful Tyreek Hill with a heel and wrist injury. I mean, that's some tough injuries. So you got Chris Conley's coming in for Watkins. Uh, then you got Damian Williams, who's coming in for Spencer Ware. And then you've got the veteran Jeff Allen replacing Irving. Um, which Jeff Allen played last week against the Ravens. Um, and then you got Eric Berry, who's listed questionable to play. Um, and Berry hasn't played all season because of a heel injury. So that that's a bunch, that's a bunch of injuries. And that's 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 tough. Um then you got on this the Chargers side. They're fifth in scoring, averaging 28.2 points per game. They're without their second leading rusher, Austin Eckler. He's got a neck and concussion injury. And their leading rusher, Melvin Gordon, with a knee injury, is listed questionable. Um, if Gordon can't play, they're going to have to start the rookie, Justin Jackson. Um. So that's an interesting game. 
Uh, my take on it, obviously, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the hot hand. But Phillip Rivers is, you know, um, he's a good quarterback. He's a good shit talker, too. Uh, and I, I mean, I like the, I like the Chiefs in this game, though, even with, with these injuries. Um, uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of trying to, I'm kind of wondering who Patrick Mahone's going to be throwing the ball to if Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins is out. I mean, yeah, he's still got that bit, he's still got the big guy out there, uh, you know, Travis Kel- uh, Kelsey, but, you know, and Chris Conley isn't much. No offense to him. Um, but it'll be interesting. I think I, uh, I still think the I'm going to go with the hot hand on the Chiefs on this one. But I won't be surprised if the Chargers take it. So, um, so let's go to the Ravens game though, because I want to talk about the Ravens a little bit. Um, so the Flacco is healthy. You know, Lamar Jackson has won four straight games for him. You know, I'm just thinking to myself that, you know, you know, the Ravens would go with Flacco, but they announced today they are going to stick with with uh Lamar Jackson after this past week. I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson's three and one as a quarterback, not four four zero. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I like that. I like that that they're going to start Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's got the hot hand. He's the better. I think he's better than Flacco. Um. I think the team feels that the rookie is, has the, has their better chance of winning and reaching the playoffs. Um, I think that the Ravens are making the smart move by keeping him in there. I think that they're making the right call. I think that the Ravens, you know, just need to let him play. Is he going to struggle? By all means, yes, he's going to struggle. He's a rookie. But, you know, just let him play and, you know, and he'll figure it out. Um, I had him, I had Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, my top two guys in that last draft. Look how Baker Mayfield's done. Look how Lamar Jackson's done. Then I had, at three, I had... Uh, Sam Darnold, four, Josh Allen, five, Rosen. Um, athletically, I like Allen better than Rosen, but I like Rosen's arm better than Allen's. Um, yeah, I mean, yes, Josh Allen has a cannon. Yes, he can throw it very far, but how accurate is he? We haven't really seen the accurate, I mean, we haven't seen enough of it of the accuracy yet. Um, I think that all these quarter, this has probably been one of the best drafts we've had for quarterbacks though. Obviously it's shown, obviously the jets plan on keeping Sam Darnold, you know, obviously things with how things are going with 
Baker Mayfield. You know, and also how things are going with Lamar Jackson, too. Uh, Sam Darnold, you know, he's been up, he's been down, but he, you know, you like I said, it's the same thing like I said about Lamar Jackson. You know, and same thing about, I'm going to say about Josh Allen. I'm going to say the same thing about Josh Rosen. Let them play. Let them figure it out. Let them learn how to feel comfortable and and. And everything. I think that it's a. I think it's a good idea. Um. So I think it's I I I I appreciate I appreciate the Ravens giving Lamar Jackson another chance. I think it's a good idea. I think he's gonna figure out on his own. Um. And that, you know. That 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 I I, I like that. So, good for Jackson. Sucks for Flacco. But Flacco would be the backup. Um, And, you know, same thing. I'd go with a hot hand, and that's definitely Jackson. Um, So, enough of that. We're going to go into now the uh, NFL. We're going to talk about more about the NFL. We're going to talk about the draft now. Uh, It looks like Haskins, Haskins is declaring. So I think Haskins is probably going to end up going to New York unless the Giants are, they're not, I wouldn't say they're idiots for picking up Saquon Barkley at all because in my opinion right now, Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league. But that's besides the point. Um, If New York Giants do not draft a quarterback in this, then they need to, Pick up Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. But I'm thinking they're going to go draft the young guy and go after Haskins. I'm not saying that ter- Teddy Bridgewater is not young. But uh, I think they're going to go with Haskins. Um, then you got Justin Herbert, who I think is the best quarterback out of all these guys that I'm going to name off here. Um, but he's 50-50. He doesn't know if he's staying or going. Uh, if you don't know, Herbert, if you ever listen to my podcast, don't go. If you're not sure, don't go. Um, same as a maybe with Daniel Jones. I don't think he should go. I think if Daniel Jones came in the league right now, he'd be another Blake Bortles. Um... And ever since Blake Bortles came in the league, he has the most interceptions ever since he got drafted. And I think the stats was, it was like 47 interceptions. But besides that, I think Daniel Jones definitely needs to stay another year. Then, of course, you got Drew Locke and Ryan Finley. Um, Drew Locke's got a strong arm. He definitely shows some uh, composure when he's in the pocket. Um, I, you know, I'm an SEC guy anyways. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Gamecock fan and, you know, we've, I, you know, I've seen Drew Locke in every Missouri game that we've played them. Um, but I really like Ryan Finley and if Herbert went in, I really like Herbert too. Even though, like I said, you know, if you don't know, stay. I think Herbert's got the best arm out of both of these guys, and he's the best quarterback out of all of them. That's just my opinion, but, you know, 
you know, everybody has their own opinion. But I think uh, I like Ryan Finley because I like the offensive style that NC State runs. I also like the way um, they run the spread and how they run the uh, fast-paced offense. It's kind of more like an NFL. They kind of run like a Patriot-style offense. Um, so I like Ryan Finley. Um. That's it for the uh, NFL. We're going to get into NBA next. Welcome back to Nosebleed Sports. Um, so we're going to get into NBA now. Um, so I'm going to talk about the LeBron James and Dwayne Wade last meeting. Um, you know, the last meeting between these guys, uh, you know, the, you know, they played with each other on Miami. They played, you know, played against each other when... Brown was at the Cavs and Dwayne was at the Heat. Um, you know, they Dwayne was at Chicago and they they played against each other. They played with each other. Um, you know, uh, Dwayne Dwayne Wade is one of my favorite players. Uh, you know, he said he has a quote. He has a quote that I I really enjoy enjoy reading about when you know he played Kobe. And Kobe, you know, left. He goes, it was it was the end of an era for me. The end of someone to chase. I lost a little piece of me when that happened. And I was a, I'm a Kobe fan. Uh, always been a Kobe fan. I've also been a Dwayne Wade fan. Uh, I, you know, I just like the way he plays. I like the person that Dwayne Wade is. Uh, and I always loved how... You know, Mamba played. You know, I always loved how Kobe played. Um, I watched the game. Very good game. Wish Dwayne Wade would have won it. Um, interesting stats here, though, against LeBron. Very interesting stats between Wade and Braun. They played 30 games against each other. Both of them 15 wins apiece against each other. Dwayne Wade averages 25 points a game, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds. LeBron averages 28 points a game, 7 assists, and 5 rebounds. So very close stats. Um, But that game and the Staples Center was a fun. I liked the game. I liked, uh, you know, the emotion of it. How's it? Emotion for you know Wade and LeBron. Of course, you know Wade was talking about he the only jersey he wanted to exchange this year was LeBron. But you know he's been exchanging right and left with all these guys, and I think it's because all these guys don't exchange with him. Um, so I thought that was an interesting game, and was it was a good way to end it out. It was a close game, uh, but overall. Uh, good. Uh, re- mad respect for Dwayne Wade, and you know I bet all the best for Dwayne at the end of the season. Um, so, uh, good game. Uh, both icons. Um, you know, and I love Dwayne Wade. So, shout out to Dwayne. Um, so let's go into the uh, Western Conference. We're gonna. I want to talk about the Spurs real quick. They're back to five hundred. Like I was talking about, uh, uh, 
you know, I was talking about it before the sh- you know the podcast. You know, Greg Popovich got his uh twelfth uh one thousand two hundred and eleventh win, passing Pat Riley on the fourth uh to be fourth all time on the list. Um, I think the Spurs are a sneaky team. That Western Conference side is is very uh very interesting because the western side is very close. I mean anybody can win on that side of the ball. I mean really can. I mean it, it, it's so close in the standings. It, it's just unreal. I mean you look at it, you've got you know, you've got OKC okay, 17 and 18. Golden State 19 and 9. Denver is eighteen and nine. So base uh the Clippers and the Lakers are seventeen and ten. Memphis is sixteen eleven. Dallas is fourteen and eleven. Sacramento is fourteen and twelve. Portland's fifteen and thirteen. And San Antonio's fourteen and fourteen. So it's very close. I mean, the top five are all within one in a, one or a half a game. So that's that's very interesting. Um, so it's, uh, so enough with the Western side, uh, the Eastern side is the same thing. The top five are all within three games, basically. Uh, shout out to my Charlotte Hornets. They're above 500 with a win tonight. They beat the Pistons 108 to 107. Uh, very close game. Last, uh, uh, you know, a buzzer beater. Uh, we had to come back from a 10-point deficit, but a buzzer beater was 0.3 seconds by Jeremy Lamb. So shout out to uh, to to Mr. Lamb. Uh, so good win for us. And of course, you know, you know, Kemba did his thing. And then of course, you know, lately Kemba's been balling out. So I like I like the direction we're going, and of course the new coach we got. Um. But it's crazy that that the top five, you know, with Mil- you know Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, Pacers, and Boston, really those four teams besides Toronto are really going to be fighting for the two spot. And it, I don't know who's going to take it. I'm probably going to pick between if I was a betting man, I'd be be picking between Boston and six the Sixers. But Milwaukee is playing. Really good, you know. You know, you got the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's just, you know, a stud, and he, he and he knows, you know, he knows what he's doing, obviously. And uh, Eric Bledsoe with some, he's got some help there with Eric Bledsoe. So I, I don't, you know, I won't be, so, you know, it, it, it's that two spots going to be interesting. That that four, two, three, four, five, it's going to be interesting how those play out. Um, I'm not sure who's gonna. When it's gonna suck because the fourth and fifth seed are gonna have to play each other in the playoffs, and one of those guys get knocked out. Um, but you know it, that's how it goes. Um, so here's something to think about: if Durant goes to the East next year, and Chris Paul being a year old, the West looks weaker. I mean, it just does. I mean. You know, Durant, you know, he's either going to go to the Knicks, uh, 
you know, the Knicks have, you know, are calling him hard. Uh, I don't know who else is going to get him unless Boston makes, makes some trades. But I, th- I really think that the Knicks are really pushing for Kevin Durant. Uh, but then, of course, then you're looking at the realistic factor that also that, that the Clippers and, uh, and Kawhi are trying to make a deal, which is probably going to be the realistic thing. I think that that's a better match with Kevin Durant and Kawhi than Kawhi and LeBron or Dur, you know, Durant and LeBron. I mean, it would just be, I don't know. I may, is it just, maybe it's just me. But it's unfair. You also got to think about where Clay Thompson's going to go. Also, when he is he going to stay in Gold State, or is he going to go sign somewhere else? But if the Golden State doesn't re, doesn't try to give Durant a, some kind of deal, then that then obviously I think Clay Clay Thompson stays. But I could be wrong. Uh, I'd like to see Kevin Durant. Go to the Knicks and play with Przingis, and I like to keep keep Kawhi in the East, and then have LeBron run the run the West for a little bit, and then add on Clay Thompson. I don't know, just I don't know, switch things up, make it fun. Um, but that's just something to think about. Um, so let's go into my last topic on on this podcast, and it's college football. So today, the Athletic released a report claiming that the top administrators are putting pushing for an eight-team playoff sooner rather than later. Uh, this came upon after the Ohio State Washington failed to qualify um, because Notre Dame apparently snagged a spot uh, after an undefeated season. Um, and then... Add in a not, you know, and then of course talk about adding on uh, non-loss, uh, non-SEC champion Georgia being the highest ranked team over the play, uh, outside of the playoff, and UCF missing out again, again, despite a twenty-five game winning streak this season. Um, I think that UFC, UC, I mean, I'm sorry, UCF, uh. Being undefeated, it's just the the fact that they, you know, that they're the conference that they're in. But they went undefeated two seasons in a row. So whatever's going on at UCF, they're doing something right. I say I would say give them a chance. I didn't think that Oklahoma deserved. I think Georgia should have went in. Uh, that's just me being an S. I mean, yes, I'm an SEC guy, but. Georgia played Bama and had Bama on the ropes and Bama won a one. But you think about it this way, if Georgia wins, if Georgia wins that game, they're in. And then Bama's still in it too. Which means they probably would have put Clemson at one, Bama, uh, Bama or Georgia at two, maybe Notre Dame at two, I doubt it. But then you got Bama and Georgia at three and four or two and four. So, you know, I think either way, 
I think either way, you know, the playoff would have been better. But that didn't happen. They lost. So it does. I think it does need to go up to eight teams. It's going to make it more exciting. You know, or that what they need to do is have the one and two have a bye. Okay, have the one and two have a bye. For the three and fourth position, you have the third best team play the sixth best team in the nation when those rankings come out at that time of the year, at the end of the season, of the regular you know, season. And then the fourth and fifth best team go at it. And then whoever those two teams, out of those four teams, win those two games, goes in those spots. So the fourth versus fifth is going to play the team, uh, play the uh, the two the two seeded team. And then the third versus the sixth is going to play the number one team. Or you could do the fifth versus sixth. Plays the number two team, and then the the third versus fourth plays the number one team. But I don't. I mean, it, it sounds more logical having the three rank, the third rank pl- playing the sixth rank, going against the one seed, and then the two seed going up against the either the fourth or fifth rank team. Um, college. I I think that Georgia got ripped off. Uh, they should have beat Alabama, but Kirby. Uh, I didn't like the play calling at the end of that game. I, Georgia gave it away, and that that was that was the on the coach's part. That was on Kirby Smart. Um, but besides all that, I it needs to go up to eight. I would I like to see it go up to sixteen, and that be the max. Um, people are like, well, why don't they do it like the other division? I. The talent, you know, I don't know if I want to see all that. I mean, you want to keep, I feel like you want to keep some bowl games. I mean, even 16, you could still keep some bowl games. Um, But I think eight is a good number to move up to next and see how it does. And if, and then if it's just good at eight, then leave it at eight. Um, But well, you know, I definitely, it needs to be moved up to eight. Um, but that, yeah, that's the end of this, uh, podcast. My name's Clay Rop. Um, you can add me on Instagram at Ropstar92. You can add me on Snapchat at Claymation843. Um, I'm working on, um, working on this podcast. Thank you for listening to Nosebleed Sports. Y'all have a good night.